0: This is the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames. Brought to you by Special Needs Family Resources LLC. For the next hour, we'll be discussing the particular challenges and real life solutions for families with special needs. If you found us, please know that you are not alone. To find out more, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, it's your host, Julie Ames, on AM 860, the answer.
1: Thanks for listening today to the Special Needs Family Hour. I'm Julie Ames on AM 860 The Answer. Our show is dedicated to helping parents and caregivers who are caring for individuals with special needs. The theme of this show is the essay, Welcome to Holland, by Emily Pearl Kingsley. Kingsley describes the experience of raising a child with a disability. It's like planning a fabulous vacation trip to Italy, only to realize that your plane has landed in Holland. Holland isn't a bad place. It's just a different place, so you must go out, buy a new guidebook, learn a whole new language, and meet a whole new group of people you would never have met otherwise. Holland is a code word for living life with disabilities. My hope and prayer is that the challenges we face in Holland will make us all better people. Things are going well for us in Holland. Our oldest two daughters, Marie and Christina, are on the autism spectrum and have intellectual disabilities, and our youngest daughter, Anna, is a typical teenager, which has been a whole new experience for us. Um, We have a great show today. We're going to be talking about St. Joseph's Children's Hospital and their chronic complex clinic. The interesting thing, whenever you have an emergency, um, we never know when they're going to come. And so many times when a child ends up in the hospital, it was unexpected. So for me, with St. Joseph's Hospital, that was when Christina, when she was about eight years old. Uh, was having seizures, and she was just seizing at six in the morning, covered in sweat on her floor, and we thought we had lost her. And fortunately, the ambulance came, and we got her to St. Joseph's, and we were there for three days. It was a terrible experience, but St. Joseph's was wonderful, and we've done so many procedures there and, and in their day program. So we're fortunate to have such a awesome resource here in Tampa, Florida, and so many people come to St. Joseph's from all over. Today we have a great show. We are going to discuss the Chronic Complex Clinic at St. Joseph's Children's Hospital, located here in Tampa, Florida. The clinic specializes in care for children with special needs, helping young patients cope with complex medical issues. Now to come to the clinic, in order for a child to enroll or be seen at the Chronic Complex Clinic, the program is physician-referred, and the child has to have two or more chronic medical conditions. There are approximately 3 million kids in the United States that are medically complex, meaning they require intensive treatment from a wide range of specialists, and they're projecting that number in the next 10 years to go up to 5 million children. We're blessed to have our special guest today. We have the manager of the Chronic Complex Clinic. We also have the director of government relations for BayCare We also have the proud parents of a child who is seen at the Chronic Complex Clinic. We have a great show planned, so please join me on the other side. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer.
0: To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM 860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames. This is Julie Ames on AM
1: 860, The Answer. Our guests today represent various aspects of the Chronic Complex Clinic at St. Joseph's Children's Hospital. The clinic specializes in care for children with special needs. Today, we have the manager of the Chronic Complex Clinic. We have the director of government relations for Bay Care. We also have Willie and we have the proud parents of a child who has benefited greatly from the Chronic Complex Clinic. Could everyone please introduce themselves and tell our listeners a little bit about you? Sure. My name is Stephanie Alt, and I'm the manager of the
2: outpatient subspecialty clinics, including the Chronic Complex Clinic at St. Joseph's Children's Hospital. In addition, I also oversee our Children's Wellness and Safety Center. Okay.
3: Hi, I'm Carrie Eisenbeis. I'm the Director of Government Relations and have the privilege of helping the patients and our our family members from the Chronic Complex Clinic advocate and tell their story in Washington and D.C., Um, And that's part of what my job responsibilities are.
1: Great.
4: Hello, my name is Willie Hines, uh, and our son Braylon Hines has benefited from the services with the Complex uh, Chronic Pediatric Clinic at St. Joseph's Hospital.
5: My name is Lakeisha Hines, and we also co-facilitate a support group that is through the Complex Chronic Clinic and proud mother of Braylon, who has benefited from services from the clinic.
1: Great. Well, Stephanie, can you tell the listeners a little bit about the Chronic Complex clinic and how it came to be, and what all you do. Sure. The the impetus behind
2: the Chronic Complex Clinic um, started about 15 years ago with um, Dr. Daniel Placencia. He was the medical director in the Pediatric Intensive Care Unit and saw that many of our patients that were uh, with multiple medical complexities were coming back to the hospital very frequently, and he felt there had to be a way to better coordinate their care and help keep them out of the hospital and out of the emergency room. Yes. Now, can you give the
1: listeners a little bit of idea of what type of conditions we're talking about? We're talking about um,
2: chronic medical conditions such as congenital cardiac issues, uh, premature birth, um, which can include developmental delay, and other um, respiratory issues. Um, We also have a lot of patients with cerebral
1: palsy and seizure disorders. Right. Um, There's so many things. So it's not just ever one thing. That's why a child ends up at chronic complex clinic is because there's so many different things going on.
2: Patients that are part of our clinic um, must have multiple medical conditions. So um, not just one Problem as mm-hmm. far as asthma would not qualify them to be a patient right. in the clinic. Yes. They would have to have multiple chronic conditions going on at the same time, multiple system involvement.
1: Right. Well, I liked what you were we were talking earlier when you were talking about that. Last time you'll sit down with a family and you'll draw a diagram of all the things going on, and it could be twenty different things going on at one time. Correct. So that's kind of um scary. So also, let's talk a little bit about um what you do, Carrie, because mm-hmm. a big um what I was surprised is that the complex clinic only gets about twenty percent, twenty cents on every dollar reimbursed mm-hmm. by the government or insurance. So tell them a little bit what you're trying to do with the clinic.
3: Sure. I mean, it's not. Um unique to St. Joseph's. I mean most children's hospitals have a high Medicaid population, and certainly right. our specialized clinics that the same um, insurance coverage is, is kind of replicated throughout those different areas. And so the, there's a very high Medicaid population in the clinic. Um, a lot of our families have extreme medical expenses and um, are, are challenged to kind of meet those beyond all the other demands on their time. Um, so the, the financial model for the clinic is not necessarily sustainable. Um, The care coordination and all the services we provide to a family, is not uh, a lot of that is not reimbursable by Medicaid. Um, And so part of what we've been doing uh, is trying to look for a model that could be replicated by other organizations. St. Joseph's and our foundation and our community has been very generous in supporting our clinic to make sure we can make ends meet and we can do this for the families that need it. Um, But we really think it's an important thing for medically complex children, no matter where they live, to be able to access services like this. So a lot of our advocacy at a state and federal level has been around a sustainable financial model yes, that re- rewards providers to deliver this sort of medical home model in a way that um, can cover their costs and allow them to treat more and more patients.
1: Well, you know, what's interesting as I, I've been to St. Joseph's many times. My kids are considered medically needy. They would not need the clinic because they only have one thing going on at a time. Mm-hmm. But um, I saw an article, in the it was a editorial article, in the paper this past summer by Tish West. Right. And her daughter Caroline is in school with my daughter. Mm. And um, I was reading it. I'm like, wow, I didn't realize this because mm-hmm. she was one of the couples just like um, that has gone up to um, D.C. Right. So that's yeah. when I first became aware. And I was just so amazed that it's here and, and what a treasure because in the end you do save money. Right. You it, save everyone money.
3: And, and families like uh, Tish's family and Lakeisha and Willie – They are the best advocates for why this model works, and they have been our most effective spokespeople and advocates for trying to change the reimbursement model and to really incentivize this medical home model in other places, because they know firsthand it works. And um, Tish told her story before Congress, and Willie and Lakeisha certainly have done the same. Well,
1: Willie and Lakeisha, could you tell our audience a little bit about your story and your family? And Lakeisha and I have been friends for a while, and I've been wanting to have her on the show, and so this is awesome.
4: Braylon contracted uh, bacterial meningitis as a five-month-old. And uh, at that time, we were rushed to St. Joseph's Hospital. Uh, where he had a seizure, uh, a series of seizures and two strokes that uh, damaged portions of his brain. Um, in the Complex Chronic pa- Pediatric Clinic, uh, we received the uh, care and also, I would say, immediate care from the diagnosis to the treatment and also just uh, care for us and our, um, our older son at the time as well. Um, just supporting us as a family, as a whole. Um, Through the clinic, we were also referred to uh, speech therapists, uh, physical therapists, occupational therapists, again, to facilitate his his overall well-being um, through the clinic. Uh, So there's been a a, a myriad of challenges throughout the years, and now we visited St. Joseph's back originally in 2004, and our son is now uh, doing extremely well, uh, now being 2017, almost at a 13-year-old at this point.
1: Yes, and I... I think you had we won't talk about names, but you had gone to another hospital before you got to St. Joseph's. That when your child was in a, having his emergency.
5: Yes, we. Um, again, this unfortunately started off just like a, a cold for right. Braylon, and um, it turned into a coughing and wheezing and fevers, and really kind of snowballed. And I just remember he one morning had a fever of one hundred and three point five. So I did take him to an emergency room at another hospital. And they identified an um, ear infection at that point, and they sent us home with antibiotics. But a couple of days later, he had his first seizure at home. Mm-hmm. So we ended up going to um, after-hours pediatrics, and there uh, he had a full grandma seizure on the table while they were trying uh-huh. to get an IV in. So at that point, we were rushed by ambulance to St. Joseph's with uncontrollable seizures, and we spent six and a half weeks At the hospital, starting in the intensive care unit and eventually being transferred to the floor. But we had a nurse at the time, a nurse practitioner come and see us while we were inpatient in the hospital and introduced us to the complex chronic clinic. Had not heard about it, didn't know what it was, Mm -hmm. but we found out um, about it and how wonderful it is. And it's been family ever since.
1: Wow. So six weeks I spent yeah. three days with my daughter, Christina, who was having seizures. So I would like to see I know what you're going through, but I don't because we were only there for three days. And what was nice is I got to stay there the whole time I was mm-hmm. there. And you guys, I would be able to go to the um at, I went to the cafeteria, but Christina doesn't like certain food, so <laughs> I would eat some of her food. But we had a wonderful time, and I did not realize all that's available at the hospital, but now that I'm researching, I realize that you actually have just a department that deals with helping kids and keeping them happy.
5: <laughs> well, the beautiful thing is that the uh, the clinic can actually refer and coordinate connect you to all the other services that are available in the hospital. And um, it's a beautiful thing because we had a good experience, but it's a bad thing that we've utilized almost every service (laughs) that's available in the hospital. But it's it's all been a very positive experience. And I have to say that with the clinic, the way that it works and how they coordinate everything, it makes it so much easier for families. Um, We have other children, and trying to coordinate things with their pediatrician and outside services, it's a completely different experience. Right. So having everything literally at your fingertips through the clinic is just, I mean, it's priceless. Yes. And they need more money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're, we're trying to work on that right now. Well, why don't we do this? Let's take a break. And I'm here with representatives of the Chronic Complex Clinic at St. Joseph's Children's Hospital. The clinic specializes in care for children with special needs. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860, The Answer. We'll continue our conversation on the other side.
0: To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM 860 The Answer. To contact Julie, go to SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. That's SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames.
1: This is Julie Ames on AM 860 The Answer. Our guests today represent various aspects of the chronic Complex Clinic at St. Joseph's Children's Hospital. The clinic specializes in care for children with special needs, and we're continuing our conversation about the patient care model at the St. Joseph's Chronic Complex Clinic. So, Stephanie, could you tell them a little bit about that? The patient care
2: model at the Chronic Complex Clinic is comprised not just of the medical services for our patients, but we also include um, psychosocial services. Um, That would include um, a social worker. We have a care coordinator. We have a designated child life specialist to assist our patients with um, coping from immunizations to um, admissions to the hospital. Um, We also have a mental health counselor and recently have also added um, services from a neurodevelopmental pediatrician who is now doing um, evaluations on our patients that could potentially be autistic or um, on the autism spectrum. Great. Uh, We also have representatives in the clinic um, that help our families navigate through the Medicaid system. It can be quite confusing. And when they're taking care of a special needs child, um, financially, the burden is quite large. And they can use all the assistance they can just um, navigating through that and making sure they're getting
1: the coverage that their children really need. Yeah, I mean, I can only imagine because my daughter, Christina, her seizure medicine, I can remember each dose was costing me $5, and she had to take it Mm -hmm. in the morning and at night. But I think it's so wonderful what you're offering and that you have the social service, the counseling part for them, but that you actually have someone that's going to work with them on the funding and finding Mm -hmm. grants for any special um, assistance that they need?
2: We we do. We are very fortunate to have grants in the clinic. Um, they do help us um, support our our staffing and keeping the the personnel in the clinic to help our families, um, both the, from nursing all the way to um, the mental health counselor.
1: Yes, and let me. I, I want to relay a story because I don't think listeners know how. Important and critical what you're doing is um, I have a friend, she's a grandmother, and she took her child into a hospital. I don't remember what hospital it was. She was just relating it to me years later. But she took her child, her grandchild, into the hospital, and her the, the child had trouble swallowing, and she had she didn't want her to have a feeding tube. And the emergency care pr- um, doctor said, if you don't let me put a feeding tube in her now, I'm going to call DCF there's no way the grandmother was going to do it for two reasons. The mother needed to be there. And two, she didn't want her little granddaughter, who's in a wheelchair, to lose that ability. But with your clinic, mm-hmm. everyone would know what was going on, and there would never be the threat of that. And
2: in, in a situation like that, a feeding tube would need to be placed by a, a subspecialist, such as a gastroenterologist. Our clinic is there to assist stay in communication with our um, subspecialists, such as a gastroenterologist, right. and work with the family and be available uh, to, to assist through those decisions.
1: Yes. Well, how wonderful, Lakeisha, that you're able to go somewhere that already knows the whole history. So if something unique happens or he has a flu or another seizure, you already have that. I'm sure that's peace of mind for you.
5: Absolutely. I mean, no one wants to go into the hospital I can't see anybody excited and doing backflips and cartwheels to go and be impatient or even go through the ER so again having the complex chronic clinic being able to call and get in the same day if not the next morning depending on the complexity of the issue that we're calling for um, again it's just been a wonderful experience not having to wait a week or two weeks. For something that is is critical or, again, having to go through the ER if it's something that cannot wait. Um, And that's been a beautiful thing. And, again, being able to coordinate all of the different subspecialties that Stephanie mentioned has been a wonderful thing as well. So that we're not the ones that are trying to not only keep ourselves sane, be the nurse to the kid, and still coordinate all of these services. It's been wonderful to have someone to assist with that so we can just focus on our own health and taking care of our child.
1: Yes, and that's so nice. I mean, Maria was diagnosed with asthma when she was 18. I heard this wheezing. I go to the pediatrician. Then I have to go to get an x-ray immediately somewhere. So I had to find the place. Then I had to come back. So you wouldn't have to do that. Everything would be there.
5: No, and unfortunately, we have had to do that. <laughs> had to um, with go the regular to, kids. Yes, I mean I we we've had to do that with with our son, and then just recently, our other child was was sick, and so. But we've haven't again having everything at your fingertips, knowing that okay, we do need to go see a, a GI, we do need to see a gastroenterologist who's right there that my son sees, and we've had to go for um, therapy, and the clinic was able to coordinate that, and we've had. Um, At one point, we had to see a cardiologist, and we've had to do sleep studies, and all of that was coordinated through the hospital. Audiology was there. We were able to do that as well. So, again, it's just been a blessing um, to have the clinic, and, again, just having everything right there releases a tremendous amount of stress.
1: Yes. Well, Carrie, Mm -hmm. tell them a little bit about your program as far as when you take a family like Willie and Lakeisha up to Washington, D.C. to testify before Congress. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: Sure. I mean, this is this is what, where it really counts. I mean, patient advocates like Willie and Lakeisha, and you mentioned Tish West, the families that go to the clinic are extremely powerful in their voice and their experience. And so being able to have them tell their story, what happens to them in the clinic, how that's compared to before they were introduced to the clinic um, is a very effective tool in trying to change, uh, get legislation introduced or appropriations that would benefit the care for medically complex kids So for over a decade, St. Joseph's has been taking uh, our parent advocates and their children to Tallahassee and D.C. to really tell their story. Um, We've become a national leader in that. In fact, um, two Congresses ago, um, legislation was filed called the ACE Kids Act by our Tampa Bay delegation and uh, members of Congress from around the country that really was inspired by the chronic complex clinic. We expect it to be reintroduced to this Congress, um, and hopefully we, we really hope to get it passed this time. But um, our model is extraordinary, and part of what makes it extraordinary is, is the gratitude of the parents to go and talk about it so that we can really make sure this level of care is available to any child, Braylon or any of the, the kids, no matter where they live around the, around the country. Um, we've had success in a couple of key areas. I mentioned this federal uh, legislation in the ACE Kids Act. Um, we've really been able to help tell the story to national lawmakers what it's like to navigate care without a medical home mm-hmm. like we have right. and what the financial challenges are in running a clinic um, that is is inevitably going to be high Medicaid because Medicaid is the safety net for for kids and families around the country um, that are facing a lot of medical, medical complexity and financial challenges of trying to manage all those costs. Um, so we've really been able to make progress in D.C., We've also had a great amount of support in Tallahassee. Um, our We've had bipartisan support for state appropriations for the clinic several years in, the ro- in a row. And we demonstrate the value of that through uh, reporting where we show how we're reducing emergency room visits and we're reducing length of stay. And those state dollars that help fund Medicaid are being reduced through this very efficient care coordination. Um, and then lastly, we've also got national attention through a major um grant through the Centers for Medicaid and Medicare Services that's allowed us to study what we're doing and share best practices with other children's hospitals around the country. Um, And Stephanie alluded to that in terms of some of the support we've received. And so we're very proud of what we do. We want to expand what we do. um, But we really need the support of state and federal lawmakers to, um, to make that happen.
1: Well, it sounds like Florida can be a real leader
5: in this area for the country. What were you going to say, Lakeisha? I just wanted to add the importance of the amount of time that's spent with each patient. Um, Going to a traditional pediatrician's office, no disrespect to them, because we have other traditional pediatricians, it's 10, 15 minutes maybe. Um, Going to the complex chronic clinic, you're anywhere from 30 minutes to maybe even an hour and a half. Is that accurate, depending on what the needs of that child are at that particular time. So you have physicians that are taking their time to go through every single thing. And as a parent, wanting to be heard is critically important. And so going to the doctor's office and having a physician who's patient, whose bedside manner is impeccable and truly listens and really care about these kids um, you can't find that anywhere else, not to that level. And the pediatrician that I have for my other kids that are typically developing, he's amazing. And I refer him yes. to people all the time because he's wonderful. But again, the clinic and everything that you get there with each visit. Right.
1: There are no words. So. Right. Yeah. It, it's amazing, isn't it? Beyond amazing. Stephanie. And I think that
2: another important aspect of the patient care model is that continuity of care is very important to us. Right. And w- the way we are designed, our hospitalists that work in the inpatient floors of the children's hospital.
1: Explain what a hospitalist to the, is.
2: Physicians. The physicians that work in the children's hospital caring yes. for our patients are also the same physicians that, that float through the clinic and care for our clinic patients. So... If a patient comes to the clinic for a visit, that same physician could also be taking care of them in the hospital if they have to be admitted at some point. So the continuity of care is very important and helps families have, um, helps the families not have to explain um, the conditions of their child over and over again.
1: Yes, and one of the videos that I watched on your website, uh, one parent called the hospital is a safe zone for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the sense that I guess you know everything is going to be taken care of. And, Lakeisha, I know as a mom, anytime um, – I I don't judge myself, but anytime you're in crisis and you end up at the hospital, you have to rethink everything and evaluate yourself. And could you have done better? Was there something mm-hmm. you could pick up on? And I don't beat myself up. I mean, I have my bad <laughs> mom's list award for myself sometimes, but um, and I laugh about it. But at the same time, it's there. And I think going to a place that you know everything's going to be taken care of, it is a safe zone for you, isn't it?
5: It is a very safe zone. And I'm and I'm laughing because as Stephanie was talking, I was thinking, man, when we've been impatient in the hospital to see one of the pediatricians come through and I know who that is already, I don't need to try to establish a relationship because we already have one. That just lifts this huge burden automatically because I already know this doctor. They know me. They know my kid. And whatever I'm telling them is going on, they believe me because we have a relationship. (laughs) They know that, you know, I'm not a parent who's just here because I don't want to take care of my kid. I'm here because there's something serious going on and he really needs medical care. And again, not having to explain all over again and give you the history, which is so long. I mean, he's almost 13 now and we've been a patient of the clinic since he was like a year old, younger, actually. Right. So, I mean, it's been 12 years almost of history. And so for me to sit and have to explain that to someone new, it's exhausting. So it is a huge relief and it does feel safe. And unfortunately, everybody knows us. Um, (laughs) I mean, I guess that's good and bad. But, you know, the reason why they know us is not so fun. But it's great that they do from the, the cleaning staff to the The cafeteria, people, nurses, everybody. And it's been because of not only us being in the hospital several times, but the advocacy things that we've done and just being able to go through and see what's going on in the in the hospital.
1: Wow, well, awesome. Well, why don't we take a break? I'm here with representatives of the Chronic Complex Clinic at St. Joseph's Children's Hospital. The clinic specializes in care for children with special needs. I'm Julie Ames, and you're listening to the Special Needs Family Hour on AM 860 The Answer. Please join us on the other side.
0: To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637 or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM 860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's specialneedsfamilyhour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames.
1: This is Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. Our guests today represent various aspects of the Chronic Complex Clinic at St. Joseph's Children's Hospital. The clinic specializes in care for children with special needs. And Stephanie, if I'm a patient, or I guess I'm a parent and I have a patient, a child, and I show up at your hospital, what do you do? You realize I have a complex situation. Maybe I've been seeing other pediatricians, whatever. I show up. What do we do? So if you're a new patient coming to the
2: clinic and you've been referred by another pediatrician, um, we would start, for example, um, welcoming you into the clinic, giving you a tour, and then beginning that process of learning about your child and what the medical conditions are that brought you to us. Um, Once we've established our relationship with you and our physicians have evaluated the, the patient and met the family, Um, then that care coordination piece comes into play. And um, what we would do is connect the family then with subspecialty services or other physicians that that child may need. Uh, Therapies, we have a motion analysis center right there next door to the clinic. So if the child is in need of a wheelchair fitting, we can uh, work with that physical therapist to get the child that service right there um, which is convenient for the family. Yes, um, We have all of these wraparound services right there co-located with the clinic. So it's more convenient for families. It's a one-stop shop, and we try to keep families right there, getting all the services they need um, from the medical side to the therapy side um,
1: in a convenient way. Right. Well, I, I think I'm still amazed that you only are reimbursed about 20 cents on the dollar. But um, I was talking to someone at the hospital, and – they said, We do whatever we can to help someone. So like a mm-hmm. wheelchair, a wheelchair is extremely expensive. So they'll know vendors or someone that they can mm-hmm. talk about and they'll say, Well, can you build me a seat that's a little different? And not buy a whole wheelchair. Mm-hmm. So you have people that are thinking outside the box to make this work and yes. I think that's admirable because sometimes that's very <laughs> sometimes that's very difficult mm-hmm. when you work in this type of setting. Yes. Yeah, I I would this just, is Carrie yeah, talking.
3: I would just say, I mean, I advocate for a lot of issues for our health system and work with a lot of patients. And this clinic and what they do is probably more powerful than anything I've ever experienced. People like Stephanie and the clinical team and the administrative team, this is a labor of love. Not everybody is gonna put on a successful chronic complex clinic. From right. from the clinic staff to the physician staff to all the people that LaKeisha and Willie talked about—it's really a passion for the hospital to support um, our medically complex community, and there's a lot of emotion and personal commitment that is just—you can feel it. And um, I mean, I think we all are reflecting that right now, um, and our lawmakers understand it. Um, it's a—it's pri- a point of passion, and I would—I would characterize the staff and the patients as a family. Um, and uh, they just won't stop. I mean, they will They will persevere in a way that um, you, you wish every medical experience was like that. Right. Um, but it's really an, a special place.
1: Willie. Yes.
4: And visiting the clinic, uh, just talking about all the different um, subspecialties uh, in our uh, particular situation uh, with having a child, you know, with bacterial meningitis, uh, needing at some point a wheelchair, needing a... Uh, 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 G-tube, um, need a gastroenterologist.
1: Now, in, people don't know what a G-tube is.
4: G- G-tube G uh, is a, is a um, gastro tube where a feeding tube, uh, for the most part, was inserted into his stomach uh, in efforts to feed him because he couldn't. At the time, he was a normal-functioning five-month-old and at the blink of an eye, you know, not able to feed himself, so not, um, no vocalizations. Um, right. So we had to go through the point of uh, feeding him through the G-tube. We needed uh, a neurosurgeon. We needed a neurologist. We needed a physical therapist, as I stated earlier, occupational therapist, speech therapist. Um, And as he grew, uh, we needed a wheelchair. And as he grew more, we needed another wheelchair. (laughs) Uh, So all those services, um, just being involved with the clinic, the clinic um, kind of, we just had an outlet. And we went to the clinic, and they took care of everything else for us uh, through the different challenges that we had, as well as, it's so important, the child life aspect of it, as well as uh, just the stress level. We know anytime we go to the hospital, we're going to be taken care of, whatever that looks like. And it it has changed over the past Mm -hmm. uh, 12 years. But whatever that looks like, we have been thoroughly
2: taken care of.
1: Now, what I think is neat is it sounds like VIP treatment, no matter who you are. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I think one of the neatest
1: things, too,
2: about the model of the clinic is that we get to see patients and children like Braylon um, thrive, Right. And, you know, they're, they're home with their families, and they're, they're, the quality of life is significantly improved when a child can be at home um, with their family being cared for. And so I, I know personally when I see Braylon walk in with a big smile on his face and, you know, maybe the week before he wasn't feeling real well, but we've we've helped get their family um, in a position where they could take care of him at home, uh, most of the time, um, and and just to see the outcomes and how many of the patients do so, so well and thrive. Yes, Carrie.
3: I was just going to exemplify that. I mean, just sitting here today, Braylon and his family, we went to D.C. Um, seven years ago, and Braylon was not walking. He was just starting to use... Um, um, a device, uh, uh, what do we call it? Oh, okay. A walker. He had his wheelchair. We took a wheelchair right. and a walker to D.C. And today, you know, seven years later, Willie and Lakeisha show me pictures of Braylon potentially going to be running in the Special Olympics. So, awesome. to Stephanie's mm-hmm. point, the progression over time, um, it's a real reward to be able to watch families um, grow and evolve and, ha- and meet these special milestones. And we right. all, we really, all of the family of, of the hospital and the clinic, we all share in it.
5: Right. Um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Lauren Rosen, who assists with um, obtaining wheelchairs and whatever types of devices our our children need. And that is one of those subspecialties that is coordinated and connected through the clinic. Um, We were receiving therapy right at the hospital at one point, and then Braylon got older and he was more stable. And so we were able to to do what we needed to do outpatient go somewhere closer to home and we ended up um, needing a larger wheelchair as Willie said and Medicare and Medicaid operate kind of under the same guidelines and in certain ways and so they wanted our I think two-year-old at the time to keep the same wheelchair for the next seven years Which we know children grow, and that's ridiculous. So, um, but Medicaid was basing those guidelines off of Medicare guidelines. As an adult, we may spread a little bit, but for the most part, (laughs) we're not gonna have these significant gains in growth. So, Lauren fought. She worked with our uh, other therapist that was not even affiliated, connected with St. Joseph's or with the clinic, worked with that particular therapist. To advocate and fight for us to get the wheelchair that we needed so again it goes beyond just what happens within that um exam room it goes way further than that
1: right well let's take a break and we'll continue this conversation on the other side i'm here with representatives of the chronic complex clinic at st joseph's children's hospital the clinic specializes in care for children with special needs i'm julie ames and you're listening to the special needs family hour on am 860 the answer we'll be right back
0: To reach Julie or any of the guests on today's show, call 813-816-2637. That's 813-816-2637. Or go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Special Needs Family Hour with Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. To contact Julie, go to specialneedsfamilyhour.com. That's SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. Now, here's Julie Ames.
1: This is Julie Ames on AM860, The Answer. Our guests today represent various aspects of the Chronic Complex Clinic at St. Joseph's Children's Hospital. The clinic specializes in care for children with special needs. And we're talking a little bit here about um, uh, parent support. And we had not gotten into that yet about parent support groups at St. Joseph's Hospital. Um, Willie and Lakeisha.
4: So, so we, um, in in doing a lot of advocacy work and and, and traveling to DC with uh, uh Carrie and uh, I know LaKeisha have been to Tallahassee with Carrie as well. Uh, pretty much gave us the confidence and uh, and a voice uh, right. to speak to different lawmakers about the challenges that we have. Um, caring for a child with uh, some varying disabilities. Um, when we returned from DC, we visited a bunch of support groups. Uh, for different disabilities, but nothing really fit for us. Right. Uh, our, our child doesn't have Down syndrome. He's not considered autistic. Didn't have any chromosome uh, items or issues. Right. Doesn't have muscular dystrophy. Uh, so we were able, unable to find a support group that helped us specifically. Uh, in reaching out to Carrie and different uh, other, others at the hospital, we said, can we start a support group? And uh, the hospital and the clinic so- totally supported us. Uh, we now uh, have a support group, simply called Support for Caregivers. Caregiving for any type of child with any type of disability—not uh, disability specific. Uh, the great thing about the support group also is is that the Child Life Group at S- St. Joseph's uh, the clinic is our babysitters, for lack of better words.
1: What so- you couldn't have better babysitters. <laughs>
4: <laughs> they volunteer. The reason why most people don't go to support groups because they don't have anyone to care for their children. So the clinic uh, offered out the Child Life Specialist to care for the children while we're holding our support group. And it's for anyone uh, to come visit us. Also, we put together plans and uh, conversations to help support uh, those parents and families.
5: And also, we feed you. That's important. (laughs) If you feed them, (laughs) they will come. So it's important that, you know, we have light refreshments there. And again, it's on a Saturday. We do try to make it available to anyone that's involved in the life of a child with special needs. We've had some... Therapists come through there, and then the social worker that is within the complex chronic clinic also attends the support group. So she's there to help with resources, and we do make sure that we have a resource table to give people community-based resources and let you know what events are going on in the community. But ultimately, we just want it to be there to support other caregivers who have children with special needs.
1: Well, what I like is your are positive. I was always afraid of going to care groups because sometimes they can be um, depressing and negative mm-hmm. and it's not to say if you go to the care group you can you talk about your challenges but a lot of it is I think it is how people are people looking forward or and yes there is that period when you realize you have a challenge that you go through um, the process of grief and we're not saying that but you guys are extremely positive and your group I would have joined way okay. back when <laughs> Well, it's not too late, Julie,
5: (laughs) (laughs) but I I do appreciate you saying that because at one point we did attend a couple of support groups and there was one in particular that we both left feeling worse than we did when we went in. So that was critically important for us that, hello, like I'm coming here to get help with something and right. I left feeling like now I need help with something else that I didn't need help with before so it needs to be positive it needs to be uplifting and yes we talk about the challenges that we have but we can't just stay in this pity party mode like at some right. it's okay sit there bitter party of one and then we join in and we're all bitter and then we leave and we're happy so it's like well. you have to move through those waves of, yes, let's talk about it, let's deal with it, but then now let's find solutions and ultimately let's empower each other and encourage each other and uplift each other so that we can continue providing quality care for our kids.
1: Right, right. I know. There are days I think, you know, sometimes this can be really depressing. <laughs> but, <Yes. laughs> and, and that's true and and that's what's so um interesting because, yes, it can be, but at the same time, there are blessings along the way. Mm-hmm. So, Um, Carrie, I was going to ask you, how many um, clients do you have? How many people are you helping in your clinic?
3: Um, It varies a little bit. I think we're somewhere around 700 patients, full-time patients, in the chronic complex clinic. Um, You know, the amazing thing is, is... The stories of the families that come to the clinic, they come from all over our region. They drive multiple hours to come to the clinic. Like we've talked about, this is such an unusual model, right? and it's such a lifeline for families and their kids. And if you have a medically complex kid, as you know, I mean, your life revolves around that child. Right. And so you really go wherever you need to go.
1: What people don't realize is there are lots of kids that come to the hospital in ambulances to get services. And these are kids that would be institutionalized. If they didn't have your support, helping their families keep them at home, and they certainly wouldn't have the quality of care they have.
3: Right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the patients in the clinic have in-home nursing and a lot of different support to keep them in home and, and stable and a higher quality of life. Um, one another thing that's kind of interesting and looking at it the reverse, I mean, we hear from a lot of families that. Um, Live in the area or near the area that will not, they may get a great new job out of state or they may have an opportunity to move to a different part of the state. And they frequently make the decision not to exercise that option because they don't want to disrupt this care model for their child. Um, And that just, that tells, you know, tells, tells, says a lot.
5: Yes. Well, um, we are originally from West Palm Beach. We have absolutely no family here, but we decided a long time ago we're not leaving. We cannot give up our care that we have for Braylon and the connections that we've made. So that is absolutely true. You're spot on with that, Carrie, yes. at least for us.
1: Yes. Yeah, so well, I was looking at numbers. There's 3 million children in the United States that are considered medically complex. In the next decade, they're talking about it, the number being 5 million. So in, in my perfect world, if they're going to repel Obamacare, do all this stuff, I wish we'd have competitive insurance for everybody and then just insure these people that are uninsurable mm-hmm. and, and do it in a model like this. Because I was looking per family. I saw where it saved $10,000 per family for whoever's paying, whether it's the family paying, Medicaid paying, whoever, and the numbers I was researching. Yeah. Did you have anything to add to that?
3: I would just say, I mean, there's a lot of cases for this care model. Certainly, you, you depending on who you're trying to convince, uh, the financial case is a strong one when you're talking about lawmakers and right. saving money in the long term. Um, from our perspective, financial is important, but most important is the quality of life for these kids, and it's a life changer for families like LaKeisha and Willie. Um, and the patients that we have the privilege to treat. And we really think um, every medically complex child in our state and our country deserves this level of care. Yes. And that's ultimately the most important thing. Yes,
1: and there's only about five clinics similar to this, specializing in different things. Yeah. Could you please let the listeners know where they can contact you? For more information on the Chronic Complex Clinic at St. Joseph's Children's
2: Hospital, they can log on to their, our website, which is stjosephschildren's.com.
1: Awesome. And, and for
5: more information about support for caregivers, we are located on Facebook at support, the number four, caregivers, plural. And you can also find information about our Bible study that we're doing, as well as different couples events for the parents who have children with special needs.
1: Great. I'm so glad that all of you could be here today. I have been wanting to have you on since I, I read um, Tish West's editorial in the paper in August, because I have a doctor in the same wing with a complex clinic care And I did not realize that that was the wing for that because I know he he participates and sees patients there. So thank you so much. This is Julie Ames on AM860 The Answer. Please join us next Sunday as we continue with the Special Needs Family Hour.
0: Thank you for listening to the Special Needs Family Hour. If you've missed any part of today's program, you can get the podcast of this and every show at SpecialNeedsFamilyHour.com. While there, please take advantage of the resources we've made available. And if you're so inclined, please support the advertisers that support this program. More than anything, just know that you are not alone. And we invite you to join us next Sunday at 1 for the Special Needs Family Hour, only on AM 860. The Answer. The Answer.